right. All right. So I'm gonna plug in my mic. The only thing I didn't do is plug in my mic. Like a fool. My bad. Hello, welcome. Welcome to tonight's show. Welcome to tonight's show. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. We're going to we have a big, big show tonight. Try not to make it two hours like last time. Try to keep it, keep the, the rhythm and the flow tonight on the show. Pretty good for everybody. Um, go ahead and get my battery hooked up to the computer because it will die on us. I want to be on a tangent to forget about that. Get that plugged in real quick and we'll get started. How's everybody doing tonight? Got my chats over here. I'm like, I mean, this is uh, HQ, man. This is where it's at. I got the phone, the iPad, the computer right here. Who am I, right? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I hope everybody's week's going good. Mine's going good. We're going to have a little weather thing going on right now outside. We got the the hurricane, tropical storm coming through uh, here in South Georgia. Got that coming through. Hopefully it doesn't take our, uh, our internet or uh, power away. That would suck. Definitely that would. But we got a good show for you tonight. Good show for you guys. Man, we're a lot to talk about. I mean, we talked last time on Monday. We talked about the college football potential of the playoff. We talked hypothetical situations. We talked, we broke down people's schedules. We broke, I mean, we had a big full show on Tuesday, a lot to talk about tonight as well. Um, we're not going to repeat, honestly, the same thing over and over again. But boy, was that fun on uh, Monday night, man, that preview. And we were pretty close. Uh, we predicted TCU to jump Tennessee at four. Um, the committee is all over the place when it comes to their, uh, their reasonings. Uh, one week it's oh the resume they played these teams in this way and then this week it's well they lost so it's like what is it right a lot of people are mad a lot of people want to go back to the BCS system which is you don't want to do that uh, there's all kinds of kinds of reasoning honestly um, for this they just can't give us a clear cut uh, reason at all so that being said throw up our game plan for tonight our game plan for tonight uh sponsored by my cat clearly because she wants the attention but if we had a sponsor like Streamyard, Streamyard 
the best solution for all your live streaming needs. If I had an ad, I would put it up there. <laughs> but I don't. We're just in the beginning stages of what could be something really fun for Back Porch. Hopefully Jake and um, Scott can join us uh, tonight. If not, I know they'll join the chat later tonight and they'll probably give their two cents as well. Um, man, I'm just re- I'm really excited for this weekend. I got a tailgate at church with the boys. Uh, gonna be watching the noon games. We're gonna be having smoked chicken, ribs. I mean, what are you guys doing this weekend for uh, this weekend slate? It's not as heavy as last weekend, but I think the implications mean more this weekend. For sure in my book. Absolutely. Oh, man. Love to get y'all's way in on that. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You are annoying. But we love you. All right. Here's our game plan. Our game plan. Game plan powered by StreamYard for, for all your live streaming needs. StreamYard, get it. It's free. It is free and it's fun. All right. So on our game plan, we have the breakdown of what we're going to talk about tonight. We have the college football playoff. Who is number three and number four? We don't know. We have a definite clear cut who's one and two going to be, right? One. Georgia, right? It's going to be Georgia. We know it's going to be Georgia unless they somehow forget how to play football the next couple weeks. It's easy, easy cooking all the way. Nope, ma'am. No, thank you. It's uh, easy, easy cooking all the way into the championship game, which that's not an easy game. Neutral ground, LSU. It looks like LSU is going to, uh, at the moment, win the West, SEC West. Um, they're hot right now. Uh, Brian Kelly has those boys believing in, in whatever he needed to get them believing because the beginning of the year, it looked rough. All that had to do with the first year, what can Jaden Daniels do? Was the offense too complicated? Was it too easy? Uh, was he not reading? Was he not doing enough in practice? It's all, I mean, football is all about anything like the game of life. It's about reps. And confidence and everything you do in every situation that you do and in any situation that you get in. So, I mean, it. some teams start slow. Luckily for them, their schedule worked out in their favor where it can start slow. And, uh, and yeah, they lost early on to Tennessee, and it was really bad. Uh, but uh, I think LSU has got a really good opportunity to button it down. They can play very physical ball. They have a really good, strong defensive line um, that can uh, go to toe-to-toe, I believe, with a, a Georgia offensive line. question is, is their defense, is their offensive line good enough to just stop four in that championship game? And when we get to that, if LSU versus Georgia that week, if we get to that, we'll do a full breakdown of that entire, uh, what those rosters look like. Um, what those D, well, the the D line versus O line matchup, all that stuff. Look at the stats behind that because stats don't lie. Um, but we're gonna, uh, but we'll do that. But let's head into our uh, 
number three and four, right? Let's talk about Georgia's our definite number one. Definite one and two. Number two is going to be Ohio State or Michigan, right? Too easy. Way too easy on that one. But then, then you got to break it down, right? All right, then you look at the chance, right? Who's got the chance of making it into the playoffs, right? We got one established Georgia, two Ohio State slash Michigan, whoever wins that game, right? That's your number two. That's your that's your playoff to number two, right? And then you got, after that, you got Tennessee, TCU, Oregon, USC, and LSU way over there with 5%, right? And these, these percentages are coming from uh, – Elish, uh, they're coming from ESPN's FPI, um, which is actually a really phenomenal way of breaking down rosters, breaking down the analytics, putting all the stats together that matter. Um, pretty cool stuff. That's where they're getting these percentages from. Um, if anything, any percent, uh, you know, with these top eight, they're going to get in or top 10. Okay. LSU's got. Probably the hardest chance just because they got to win out and they got to play the toughest dog at the end of the day, which is the dogs. But it'll be a neutral ground in Atlanta, which is not really neutral, but the LSU faithful does. They do travel. I've been in many uh, LSU Tennessee games where uh, Tennessee was heavily favored and LSU, they always pulled it out. I don't know something that voodoo magic that they, uh, they got down there in the swamp, but they figured out somehow they love playing. They love playing uh, the bad guy, especially in those situations. <laughs> Chase Fisher, what's up, man? My cousin Chase, he says, go Tigers. He's an LSU fan. I don't know where that came from. I do know. I asked him. He said one time he wanted to get in college football, and he saw that LSU – what year was it? I think it was the year they won the championship in 03 or something, Chase. Or He's like, ah, that's a good team. I'll pick them. So he picked the – Picked a good team at a good time, especially back in the day. So that's how he became an LSU fan, even though he's originally from Illinois. And uh, now he lives in Tennessee, So, uh, which is cool, man. Love you, Chase. Thanks for coming on, man. It was around then. Okay, I knew I was right. I knew I listened to you. These concussions, are they make things iffy the older I get. So, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, man, uh, so yeah, we're looking at our dark horses right now. Uh, LSU, obviously the long shot, purple jerseys. They do. They need to wear those purple jerseys more. I like the white ones. They're classic. But when they wear them purples, those are pretty cool. Um, I will say, uh, I will say, long shot, right? LSU. They're gonna have to literally, really just run the table this week. Uh, they play Arkansas this week. It's in Arkansas. LSU has not beaten Arkansas. I don't believe in Fayetteville in a very long time. This is a good opportunity to show the committee that they, the that that Alabama game was not a fluke. Um, just ride that momentum into the rest of the season. They're going to play Arkansas. The rest uh, they have Arkansas game. I believe they have a Mississippi game. I don't have the schedule up. Hey, Leanne, how are you? I'm glad you're watching. I miss you. Love you. You're a uh, your little granddaughter, she's adorable, Leanne, by the way. Leanne, that was like my mama growing up. My mom, my other mama growing up in high school. So she took care of me and her, her son, uh, Cameron, when we were playing ball together. Big Alabama fan. We don't hold that against her, though. We don't hold that against her. They like Alabama before Nick Saban got there. 
So they're true. They're true people. They're true Bama fans. So, anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we can break down that one. I think, personally, I think if LSU does win out, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the committee um, because that means they're a SEC West champion, they're SEC champion with two losses. They ran the table. They had to have beaten their resume on their resume. They would have they already beaten Alabama. They would have already beaten um, a few good teams, Ole Miss at home, and then on top of that, uh, Georgia in the championship game. So that's a pretty good resume. If you put that resume up against the other guys who, let's say, Oregon uh, goes all out, I mean, it's a pretty tough call, right? It's a flip of a coin um, in that situation. But I personally, I personally, personally think um, LSU's maybe two to maybe one to two years away from getting there. Uh, they're going to recruit, they're going to get portal guys. Jaden Daniels needs to stay for another year. For in order for them to continue that momentum they have on the offensive side of the ball, uh, rumors are he might go pro. I don't think that's I don't think that evaluation on him isn't going to be any good. He needs to stay on. Um, that'd be the smart move, especially for his uh, professional future. But uh, like it or not, um, they're going to be there. Uh, Brian Kelly, I need to put apology out there. I. Called him Les Miles 2.0, a used car salesman, and he still might be. You never know. But uh, preach it. Hopefully that he stays. Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. I I think he needs to stay. I think um, he's a really good quarterback. Transferred from Arizona State. You know, we saw the bits, the bits of a uh, skill that he had there, but it's really amplified his skill set the last couple weeks. Um, now that he's actually playing quarterback. Um, with confidence and they got Butte, the wide receiver uh in in that uh in the mix right there for that offense and they're moving and grooving uh when it comes to that so moving on moving on so we have oh let me oh, oh yeah i forgot to say we we're talking about brian kelly i'm apologizing because this year he's proving me wrong is he cringeworthy yes when he does the little dance videos and stuff with the recruits and whatever works but man i need to apologize because uh he's got those boys motivated to play uh he is a good coach you forget that he's a good coach he coached notre dame for so long and they were so mediocre because every time they would you would get they just didn't have the skill players that he has at lsu He's got way better players in year one he had at LSU than he did ever, in my opinion, at Notre Dame in a whole. In a whole, just on roster alone right now when it comes to skill set. Now, offensive line, he probably had a really good offensive line at LSU, at Notre Dame in his in his tenure there. Uh, but he can get even better versions of what he had there at LSU. He speaks to the people. They love him there. They're, I mean, they're also a really loyal fan base. And he's new and he's fresh, and they gave him a lot of money, and they're giving him, they're giving him the 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 cord, the cord, the the leash, so to speak, to run. So let's see what he does. Uh, I believe they'll win out nine and three, lose the Georgia in the championship game. Great year. End up in uh, 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 probably the Citrus Bowl, which isn't bad. It just they lost. It was they had a tough schedule this year. Several stuff. So. Moving on to uh, USC, man. The committee, to me, they 
they put USC at eight or seven. I believe it's seven, right? They're at seven. But then they put Alabama at 10 or eight or something like that or nine and Clemson at 10, nine and 10. And it left out UCLA. And I don't personally think that's fair. I think UCLA needs to be on this percentage list, at least with like two to three percent, because they still have a shot. We broke that down a lot on Monday. I'll say it again. UCLA has to play USC. And then if they win and they beat USC, they're going to play in the Pac-12 championship game, which they'll have an opportunity to beat Oregon. So, like, they have, they're a dark horse, too. So, it's like there's opportunities left and right for these teams. All right? But – USC, obviously, they're the darling of uh, South uh, of Southern California. They have the big money. They're they look really good. They won losses to a ranked Utah. It was in Utah by three points. It was a phenomenal game. It was early on in the year, one of those uh, games at night that probably you didn't even watch. But I encourage you if you if it's on your on your YouTube TV or whatnot, like please go and find it. It's it was a good game. But they have a really bad defense. Their defense is very sus. They put up, a, they give up like around 30 points a game almost. They're scoring almost 40 to 50, 50 I would say almost 50 points a game. They're a good ball team. They're just one year away. Lincoln Riley is one year away uh, from getting his guys where he needs them to be. Hey, Tim Schomburg. Welcome, bud. Welcome in, Tim. Welcome in, everyone. Hey, Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen, how are you, dude? Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for watching, brother. So we're talking about uh, people to catch y'all up. Uh, here's our game plan. So we're at number one right here. We're at who's three and four, right? So we're going down this list on the percentages of what we're seeing. Um, throw your comments in, by the way, too. I'd love to hear from you guys. Love to hear from you all. So uh, back to what we're doing. Uh, USC, USC is good. Offense is good. They can feel like they they can compete at the level they're at at the Pac-12. They compete with the Big 12. They compete with anybody in SEC except the top tier guys like LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. Uh, when it comes to talent and it comes to uh, uh, game plan and everything like that, I, I believe they're com competitive. But to have them at a seven is I don't think they need to be there. I think UCLA needs to be there. They missed. They messed up on that one, in my opinion. Uh, they do have a shot. They do have a shot to beat UCLA and change my opinion, uh, and and hopefully other people's opinion too, on what type of team they are. Lincoln Riley is a good coach. He's got a great, phenomenal staff. Uh, he's got it. He's got them cooking over there, man. He's got them cooking in um, down there in Los Angeles, uh, and then. They're going to play UCLA in two weeks, and that's going to be a great game. I believe it's a good game. It's going to be a very physical game. UCLA, UCLA likes to run the wall. They like to pound the rock, and we'll see if USC can stop that. I don't believe they can. They're giving up a ton of a ton of yards on the ground. Um, they like to score very fast and, uh, and pace the game out their way. So we'll see what uh, how that game works out, but they're going to have – Really good two coaches that know that that know their stuff, know how to game plan very well. So that's going to be a good game. That's a playoff game to the playoff, honestly, because whoever wins that one gets Oregon. Okay, uh, Oregon's percentage. I think their percentage right here. It's be based off of just me. 
uh, not the FBI at all, but the little good uh, computer brain of Nate. I think Oregon uh, has a better shot and a better resume than you, uh, TCU when it comes to games. Oregon's got Washington this week at home. They they have beaten UCLA at home. They have majority of their games at home, uh, which is a great schedule this year for them. They lost to Georgia week one. Everybody knows it. 43-point loss. That was a big, big loss. But they turned around this week two, beat a lesser team like 70 to 14. It woke them up clearly. They had to wake up fast and they've been and they and they got ranked so low after that game. They were ranked so high. And it was just because it was on national television. They got embarrassed. They went from like eight to twenty something. And they literally have been inching their way up each week. Each week. And then it does it does help that Bo Nix is playing football the way he was supposed to play football coming out of high school as a five-star or a four-star if, if uh, jake was in here jake would uh jake would let me know if uh which which is which uh i can't remember but he is playing football it's, it's his fifth year he knows the sport he knows how to play quarterback at this level i would say the competition yes took a downfall because he went to the Pac-12, but you can't take that away from him. He's still making the kit throws. He's still making the reads. He's still making all those things. Uh, he, If Hinden Hooker honestly wasn't doing his thing, he would be in the Hinden Hooker spot this year uh, just because Bo is – I mean, his QBR is stupid high. He's like 22 or 20 – almost 30 touchdowns or something like that with like two picks. So he's playing football, and that team is rallying behind him for sure. But they have done what they needed to do. Um, hey, John, what's up, man? See you tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, but Bo Nix, he's definitely a baller. His draft status has gone up because he has been playing so good this year. And that team is rallying behind him. Uh, they got a very balanced attack. They like to run the ball a lot. Hey, Candace, Welcome in, welcome in. Uh, whoever... Uh, whoever just joined right now we are talking about on our game plan i'll show you our game plan who is number three who's going to be number four we're just breaking down the top 10 and looking at this, these percentages right so uh right now we're talking oregon right the oregon thing oregon has beaten the teams that stacked up against them besides georgia ever since the georgia game they beat ucla at that time, Yusselelu was in, I believe, in the top 10 or maybe top 15, and they beat him soundly. It was a 15-point game. It could have been worse, but I believe they let off the dogs going into halftime, and Yusselelu bounced, tried to climb back in that game. But that was their biggest game to date, right? That's their that's their claim to fame right now. That's their, hey, we beat this team at home. Well, they're going to have a chance to beat Washington this week at home. Washington, uh, they've lost two games in the Pac-12 this year. Michael Penix Jr. is playing a really good brand of football for them. They uh, they just they, they they just stacked up wrong against the teams in the top four in the Pac-12, and they lost two of them. But it doesn't mean they're not a bad team. I know the FPI right now has Oregon as a 71% chance winner in this game. Uh I think they're going to win this game because it was because it is at home. This was in Washington, 
or if this was at Washington with that home field advantage, I think Oregon it would be a tough one for him. But I, I believe well, uh, Oregon's going to easily cover this game. Uh, it's going to be tough in the beginning, but they'll it probably just uh, inch it out, not inch it out, but they'll uh, they'll be able to uh, carry it over to the fourth quarter and uh, then admit their will on on Washington in this game. So if they do win out, right? They they play Washington. They win out. Uh, believe they play uh, two more games. Uh, we went went over on Monday. Washington's the only good one. So they went out. They play winner of U- USC UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game, right? So they win the Pac-12. Say they beat USC, who's number eight, number nine right now. Or eight nine whatever. They beat them. They win the Pac twelve. One loss against Georgia. Are they going to be number three? I think so. I think they earned it. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think they went the whole year, beat the teams on their slate, caliber resume teams that they played are are pretty much to me they're better than TCU's resume. Uh, I know TCU they have. At the time when they played them, they were ranked, but right currently at the standings, they've only played one, they've only beaten one ranked team uh, on their on their uh, on their slate right now. Uh, and then it took a lot; like they had to go into overtime against Oklahoma State. They had to uh, go down the fourth quarter against Kansas at Kansas. They had to uh, they. Uh, the TCU Kansas State game was a close one. Like they, they're they're good, but they're not dominating. Like you want to see these teams in that in the top five and like number three and four teams. You want to see them dominate. You don't want to see them with all their explosiveness, but like they can't stop a mediocre run game. Like you want to see that. So I think Oregon is a better team. I think Oregon is just as explosive as them. I believe Oregon can play uh, the the ground game, and I believe Oregon has a better defense than TCU. TCU gives up a ton of points in games. So, um, But that's my opinion. I think at the end of it, uh, let's say they both went out. I'm taking taking Oregon. I don't know what the committee's looking at, but that's my number three, right? So if, if Georgia wins out, they win, right? Winner of Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, right? That's going to be number two. If it's a close game, you can't just say, all right, well, it was the best game of the year and it was a close game. Bye, loser of that game. See, you're not going to the playoff. They dominated all year. Their schedules weren't as good, but they played each other at the end of the year. That's just how it was stacked up. Does Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I keep saying that. Does Ohio State, if they win by three, they stay at two? Does Michigan go to three? Or they go to four? And then, like, the, was the Oregon went out and they go to – and TCU's went out and you choose over them. Do they go to three? See, these are the these are the scenarios, and there's a lot of football left to play, and it's going to iron itself out. But then you have, like, the crazy doomsday thing, right? Here's, here's the craziest scenario of them all. TCU-Oregon went out. They went out. They both win their championships, uh, as rightfully so. They get crowned. They get crowned. It's a great day. Great day for them. What if LSU wins out and beats Georgia? That's even crazier to think. That's why we're crazy here at the back porch. We talk some crazy nonsense. 
So if LSU beats them, right? Georgia's still in, in my opinion, right? Does LSU get in before TCU and Oregon as a dark horse? That's wild to think. We crazy over here, right? That's a nuts. That that could happen. I've seen some crazy stuff in college football, and I know y'all have too. That could happen. I would be, as a fan, wow, awesome. I won't even be mad. I'll be like, this is the best year of college football I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> let's uh, move on to Alabama. I don't even know why they have a 17% chance to getting in. Uh, they have to be Ole Miss this week. Then somehow LSU has to lose to Arkansas, and I believe they Let's probably bring up their schedule because I gotta know who they play in. LSU. Welcome in. Guys, if you have any questions or comments, just put them down in the chat. I'm here for it. By the way, 13 to 3. Falcons are losing to the Panthers. By the way. And if you started DJ Moore, uh, I feel bad for you because that man needs to be traded. I feel bad for all DJ Moore uh, fantasy football owners. Okay, let's bring up LSU's schedule. Let's bring it up. They play Arkansas at Arkansas this week. That game earlier on in the year seemed a whole lot better than what it is. Yeah, so their next three, Arkansas, University of Alabama, uh, UAB, and Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Those are they're gonna go three and zero on that one, right? So if they go three and zero, they beat they they have the tiebreaker against Alabama, then tiebreaker against Ole Miss. I don't see how Alabama is gonna be even considered in that. Um, it has to literally Oregon has to lose this week to Washington, and then turn around and lose in the Pac-12 championship to USC. Uh, for Alabama to even get remotely in, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of crazy scenarios for them to get in. I don't I, honestly. I think the USC, Oregon, and TCU need to be higher than Alabama. I think Alabama should be at five percent. Like seriously, um, with a two loss, and then you got Clemson. Man, here we go again. Like, hey, you beat the teams on your roster. You beat them when they were ranked. You beat Wake Forest. You beat North uh, Syracuse. You beat NC State. Right then you lost. Then you struggle last week. Ugly, ugly loss. You're losing like thirty-five to nothing in the fourth quarter to Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Who lost to Marshall? And they lost to Stanford this year. And Stanford is like trash dog dumpster of the Pac-12. Right, but they're putting. I mean, they're playing better ball. Like Marcus Freeman, they figured it out. That's what coaches do. That's why they get paid. They get paid to literally figure things out. They look bad, and here they are. If they went out, which they will, um, which they can beat a South Carolina team, but hey, watch out. South Carolina can get them too. So uh, the game is definitely closer than this year than it has been in previous years. They went out. They played North Carolina, who is ranked in the top 25. Very dangerous squad. Young uh, freshman quarterback, Drake May. Kid is... Like, chef's kiss. Mwah. He's a great quarterback. This kid has got all of the raw talent to be something special. Uh, right now, he's just on North Carolina. 
They're nine and eight and one, or nine and eight and one, yes. And their only loss comes to who did they lose to? It was way early in the season. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. I believe they lost to Syracuse. That is my belief. One second, I'm almost there. There we go. Notre Dame, which we just talked about. Notre Dame, that's the most inconsistent team in the game. They lost at home to Notre Dame. Four, I remember that one. It was 45 to 32. It was a great game, very high scoring. Um, but here they are again, number 15 in the nation. Uh, they're good. They're just, I believe that they continue this momentum that they have. They'll can, they will be a really good ball team to maybe mess with next year. So uh, kudos to them, right? So Clemson's got to play them in the Pac-12 in the ACC championship game, which is not easy at all. But if they do win, it's a resume booster. So you have to look at it. If you know the chips fall in favor of Clemson. You're looking at TCU losing to Texas or Baylor uh, within the next two weeks. And then uh, if not, they run those games and they got to play one of Texas or Baylor in the uh, Big 12 championship game. They lose that one, right? Uh, You're looking at uh, USC losing to UCLA. They wash each other out. Oregon uh, loses to the, uh, UCLA or USC in the Pac-12 championship game in favor, another in favor for Clemson. Clemson, you're looking at an ACC champion. Boring as can be on paper to the eye test, terrible. 11-1 ACC Power 5 champion beat at on resume alone top 15 ranked NC State Wake Forest in uh, North Carolina and Syracuse. That's four, four ranked games that they've won. Okay, lost to Notre Dame, which the committee ranked Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is ranked. So they have uh, they have a caliber of, of ranking. They have a resume there now too. So don't be don't be surprised if things happen. Teams lose. That percentage right there for Clemson is going to shoot up. Don't be surprised on that final committee. Clemson sneaking in at four. I will not be surprised. I think they would t- they take a, a 11-1 Pac-12 champion Clemson over a 11-1 non-SEC champion Tennessee. Seen it. I've seen it. All right. Who's your three and four? What I want to know in the chat. Show me in the chat. Who's your three and four? I'm going to type it in. Who is your three and four in the final playoff? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think, personally, I think there's a ton of football left to play. Uh, It starts this weekend. But I think... Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan. It's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I think Michigan is, is going to end up three or four. And then 
I think it's just too much football for TC and Oregon to handle. Uh, and I think Tennessee sneaks in at four. That's not being biased at all. I just think there's TCU is going to have to win or lose, pretty much be perfect the next four, three weeks, and then beat a team they got that they already beat at home. That team is going to want revenge on the road in a championship game. They're going to want that. It's so hard to beat someone twice in college in modern college football. It really is. Love to see your comments. Let's see here. Yeah, I think TCU just too much. I believe they're gonna lose one of those. Their defense isn't as dominant as everyone thinks it is, and their offense is good. They give up a lot of points. They give up a ton of points. Um, Oregon has a possibility of winning out. I feel like UCLA is going to be the team they're playing in the, in the Pac-12 championship game at neutral site. You think UCLA uh, gets them. The way UCLA played uh, against Utah at home this year and the way they've been playing football, it's dominant for the Pac-12. They're going to get out of Oxen. It's a tough environment, and they're going to put it together. Uh, I feel like UCLA is going to uh, win that Pac-12 championship game against Oregon, and then you're looking at uh, then you're looking at when Clemson winning out, and then it's going to be Clemson versus Tennessee. There's who's going to be four, and I don't know if the committee, the way how Clemson looked this year, because they talk about hey, they're it's either getting judged on how the team looked that week or how their resume looks. Well, both resumes are good. Both resumes are good. Offensively, who can compete against the top, the three, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia, right? And it comes down to the trenches. Clemson can compete in the trenches, but they don't got a quarterback. They still have a quarterback issue, and they don't have not addressed it. They have, a, they, have a, they have an offensive problem. I would rather see Tennessee neutral ground against those three than anybody else. So, realistically, that's why Tennessee's at 64% of the FPI uh, when it comes to chances of making the playoffs. Those numbers aren't just made up. Uh, I would lo- That would be a fun, man. You're looking at Tennessee and Michigan, teams – that had struggled the last 15 years to be relevant in college football. Uh, Blue Bloods, man, like not Blue Bloods, just old, old historical, like that's good football. That's good for the brand. Those four right there, something fresh, something new. And those four can can play against each other. Like that'll be a fun playoff. I know they don't want to, they would probably honestly make Tennessee three and put Michigan or Ohio State at four to avoid a semifinal rematch to get that to if, to get that Georgia Tennessee rematch in the national championship game if it happens. I don't think personally uh I think uh if Tennessee's at 3 versus Ohio State at 2, Ohio State wins that game. Um what a great it'll be a phenomenal game. Probably be just light fireworks everywhere. It'll be super fun. We can only imagine, right? Uh that'll be super fun. But I would uh, uh, 
I think Tennessee doesn't have enough defense to stop that Ohio State offense when they're cooking, uh, just because. And, and so the Ohio State versus Michigan, Georgia again, like last year's semifinal. Uh, it'll be Georgia, it'll be Georgia, Ohio State. That's how I think it's going to play out, uh, just on paper. But ask me again in two weeks. So uh, we'll see. I know Ohio State, they got, they've been struggling all year, but then like every time you think they show, they show weakness, they come out the next week and be some of that body like by 60. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this has been a great segment. I love this. We got a few, we got a next one on the game plan. Here we go. Our next segment. Well, I was going to show the resumes too. I know we talked about them. Um, we mentioned uh, their losses, their notable losses and stuff like that in their record uh, right here. And then our top games that will decide the college football field, uh, which we mentioned TCU, Texas. Already we mentioned Washington, Oregon. Then, or- oh yeah, Oregon's got to play Utah, but it's at home. Like whoever played Oregon's schedule deserves a raise because every major game, UCLA, Washington, Utah, all have been at home this year for Oregon. So kudos to them. What a great year for them. Now next year, they got to play all those games away. We'll see how that plays out for them. Then you got the USC-UCLA game, which this year, finally, that matchup means something. I I think it's going to be a great battle for LA. Uh, Both brands are on top right now for them, and it's going to be fun to watch. So mark your calendars. That's next next week. Yes, next week. That'll be a really fun football game, guys. Uh, And then, obviously, the granddaddy of them all, Michigan-Ohio State. That's just pretty much the winner right there. Uh, just just hate. Winner's going to get number two. Depends on how bad the, the loser loses by. If it's a big loss, big thing, you got to bump them. But I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I know Ryan Day, the last couple years, has put it on Michigan. And then Michigan last year just poured it on them for the couple years that Ryan Day's been trying to score, outscore them and just put bury their face in the dirt. But I believe uh, Ohio State's ready to rebuttal from last year. Uh, and it's going to be obviously cold. It's going to be just classic Big Ten football. It's going to be awesome. So mark your calendars on that one at noon. Fox, big noon. Here's my – if I work for Fox, here's your, there's your, there's your uh, shout-out right there uh, on that one. All right, moving back. We got some attaboys. Attaboys. I was an attaboy. So the attaboy is going to be guys who just went outrageously insane against teams this week. Uh, some guys you've not even heard of. Some guys you like know their team they play on. Never heard of these guys. So it's our chance to get away from the the bit the you know the college football playoff talk right now. I'll give you some attaboys. So this is from our graphic that we throw out every every week. Uh, it's called the game day honors. Each week we're updating who did what because you want to you want to spread the love. You want to say, hey man, I see you. That's cool. Like you had a phenomenal week. Let's let's celebrate you. Okay, so our first attaboy goes to our non-quarterback performers, right? So these are going to be anybody who just straight up balled out. Obviously, this week it's all running backs. 
our first our first running back you want to give an attaboy to is Bijan Robinson. This guy is legit. He's gonna get drafted in the top 20 this year. He's gonna go pro. He's gonna make a lot of money in the pros, man. Um, if you have not watched this guy play, watch his go to YouTube right now, watch his highlights. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal running back. He looks the part, he has the part. He's ready to go. There's a few good running backs coming out this year um, that I'm really excited about, that I'm really, really excited about to go pro. Uh, and he's one of them for sure. I would love for him to get picked up by a really good team that needs him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he had 30 carries and 208 yards and one touchdown. Obviously, one touchdown doesn't mean anything, but 30 carries – he put the whole Texas team on his back. Now, if he does that this week in Austin at home against against uh, uh, TCU, tech, you might as well say Texas is going to win that game. They're going to control the clock. They're going to control everything they want to control in that game if he's got 30 carries. And this was against Kansas State at Kansas State last week. So that is a big feat right there. Then you got uh, Devin Neal. This kid is so freaking fast. Uh, 32 carries, 330 yards, uh, total yards, and one touchdown. He uh, had he's a highlight reel last week, man. He was moving and grooving, shaking and baking in those. In the he's a little smaller, he's fast. Another guy to look for in the upcoming uh, draft as uh, surprise hopefuls. Uh, Josh Downs, this guy Drake uh, Drake May couldn't do it without him this year at, uh, at UNC. He is a very good phenomenal wide receiver. He's uh, he's been in a couple of these performers for the weeks uh, multiple times this year for us. Uh he had uh, three touchdowns. He's obviously the guy Drake goes to the most. They have a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of rhythm and you'll see that this week against when they play uh, Lake Forest. They got uh, Craig Williams. Uh, Baylor's really a good team. They just came up short against two teams already this year. But he's another good running back. Baylor likes to pound you. Dave Miranda down there, he likes to play physical football. And uh, he's uh, Craig Williams is the reason why they're able to uh, uh, be where they're at right now. They're not ranked, uh, but they're, they're in the top 30 in the nation. But when it comes to physicality and running the ball, they're, they're definitely – a team to not mess with. And then you got Ladam yeah, Webb and Edward Sadie. These guys, you're probably never going to see them, uh, but they put the numbers up uh, against the competition they're playing. Uh, obviously, South Alabama played uh, Georgia Southern last week. Georgia Southern does not have a very good defense. They will eventually, but he put it on him, man. He deserves it. And then uh, at Temple, Edward Sadie. Uh, he had 265 yards, three touchdowns, 24 carries. I don't care. You do that. Those are video game numbers. These guys, kudos to these guys. All right, moving on to our next performers, our attaboys. Our attaboys go to the number one attaboy is Tanner Medice. Southern Methodist University Mustangs in Dallas, Texas, scored 77 points last week against Houston. They gave up 55 points, but this guy had 10 total touchdowns. Was, they had they scored 55 at half. That's insane. I don't care who you are, guys. That is that's wild. So kudos to him, man. He had 228. 
with 37 attempts. What is that? 30? Oh, he's 28 for 37. That's right. 28 for 37. 379 passing yards, 10 touchdowns. That's NCAA, like you're playing video game numbers, man. That's it's, that's wild. Bo Nix, our boys on here, Bo. Uh, shout out uh, to Jake Napperenberger. If he hears this, shout out to you. That's your boy, uh, Bo. Bo had two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. He's pretty much, I did everything for Oregon, and he's going to have to do everything against Washington this week uh, to keep those numbers alive. Curtis Rourke, uh, just some, another max school dude, just had went off, balled out five touchdowns. He was 20 for 29, 317 yards. That's very impressive. Then you got Wexter in Kentucky. Six touchdowns, 400 yards. Austin Reed, kudos to you, man. Just out-kicking and out-performing your competition. And then Austin Oon, 414 yards, five touchdowns, 34 attempts, 29 completions. And then BYU as well, Jaron Hall. But Tanner, man, Tanner takes the cake. He gets the attaboy this week. Ten total touchdowns. If I had a... A sound bite, it'll be bum bum and hand claps and stuff. Kudos to you, Tanner. Uh, get some rest. That's a lot of scoring, man. So keep in mind, bowl season's coming up, and these teams will be bowl eligible that we're talking about. So these quarterbacks are on these teams. So if you want to win your pick them, if you heard about these guys here first, tell your friends. And then we have team of the week, Notre Dame team of the week. Kudos to them. They did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Catholic style against Clemson. Uh, Clemson, you know, it's just that that generational curse that you just can't get rid of. You've been praying hard for it, and we know what the Lord finally came through in the, uh, in the way of little Irishmen, and they gave it to us this week. So kudos to them. My hat's off to you, uh, Fighting Irish. Y'all have played up and down football, but it seems like y'all have figured it out this week. And you get to play USC in two week in next week to show the world that you can actually uh, you got figure it figured out going into next year's an off season. And then next team of the week LSU LSU at home Baton Rouge. It was a go Tiger situation, and they did it, man. Good uh, kudos to them against Alabama at home. Jaden Daniels and that offense looked sharp as can be. Their defense was getting to Bryce Young. They did not. They had Alabama all kinds of uh, messed up. Alabama, obviously, is not the most disciplined Alabama team that we've seen in the last decade. They got a lot of stuff to work at. They're still talented. They're still a wonderful, good coach team. They'll get it together next year. I know they will and come back, but that was a big win for LSU. So kudos to them. Kansas, what a good win for them. They became bowl eligible this week. First time, I believe, in 10 years, I believe, so something like that. So kudos to them. Congratulations. And then the Georgia Bulldogs at home, sold out crowd, loud as can be, dogs on top. They controlled the trenches. You win the game. Uh, against Tennessee, so kudos to them. It's really a full effort because, honestly, what won that game was that 75-yard punt. No one's talking about it. I will. That's what won that game because momentum was kind of back and forth. That right there controlled the game. Tennessee had filled with switched, and it was just bad for them. After that, momentum, you got ball. 
was punted so well. And then just once it's where the ball bounces in football games, sometimes it's a little luck. That ball bounced perfectly out of bounds on the one-yard line. So kudos to Georgia on a three-phase football game against Tennessee at the time. So that's our attaboys. That's our attaboys. We're getting a fun, fun, fun. Uh, hey, Damon, you're so cute, Nate. I thanks, Damon. Thank you. Did you see me uh, give your boys some love there, Damon? A little attaboy right there. Georgia Bulldogs, team of the week. Come on now. All right. Okay, our next one is start bench cut. This is for you guys, too, in the chat, so uh, keep keep that on. So our start bench cut, this one's going to be fun. I got two scenarios for you, and I want to hear you. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give my uh, my two cents on start bench, not cut, but portal, because no one gets cut anymore. Everyone just goes to the portal. So start bench portal. Here we go. Our first scenario: start bench portal. Which Heisman contender would you want to run the two-minute offense to win the game for you? These are all good quarterbacks. This is tough. You got to start one, you got to bench one, and tell the other one to go to the portal. Who is it? I want to see it in the chat. I'll give you guys a minute to uh, put that one down there. Uh, that one's tough, man. These are these are all, besides uh, Corum, he's a running back. The rest are all quarterbacks. You got, you got Caleb Williams, Hinton Hooker, uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett, Drake May. Uh, Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix. Who do you want to have the ball with your start bench portal? Start bench portal. I will give mine in a second. I want to see if y'all can uh, see if y'all want to give yours. Hey, David. What's up, man? I hope you're still on there. You're on that one. Let's see what we got here in the chat. Damon. I don't know if Candace is still there. See, start bench portal. Love to see it in the chat. Let me see it. Let me see it. Two minute offense. Who you got running it? Who's running your two? Who's your starter? Who's your who you cutting? Who's your portal? And who's your guy on the bench? Got to pick three. Let me know. Let me know. I'd love to see it. All right, Damon said he's going to start Stetson 100%, and that is not a biased fan pick at all. We love that. All right, who's you going to be, Damon? Who's going to be your your bench? Who are you benching out of that group right there? I would start Stetson in that moment. Heck yeah, two minutes. Kid's been there for 17 years. He knows that offense like the back of his hand. It's a good start. Bench hooker. All right, I like that. That's some love. Appreciate the love. On that one. All right, who's Portal? Who's who you telling to kick rocks out of all of them besides that running back?
Start bench portal. I love this. This is fun. Should have started the game off. Should have started the game plan off with this one. Maybe next week. Portal Bo Nix. That is a that's a tough portal. That's tough, man. You're talking about some really experienced quarterbacks there. So uh my man Damon said he's going to start Stetson Bennett, give him the ball with two minutes left. He's got all the confidence in the world for him. He's gonna bench Hooker just in case Stetson gets hurt in that moment. And then he's going to say Bonix, kick rocks. That's a good one. That was good. That was real good. That was good. Cool, man. Cool. Anybody else have a start bench portal? Let's see. Chase, if you're still with us, Chase, who you got? Candace, if you're with us, who you got? Your start bench portal. I'll give mine. Mine, start bench portal. Now, the question is, is what offensive line do I have, right? So, I'm assuming in Damon's, he had off, uh, Damon had uh, George's offensive line. So, I'm going to go George's offensive line. All right. No one, it was not in the scenario. So, I'm going to say George's offensive line, two minutes to play. Who do I want to have the rock? I think I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start Stroud. Stroud is. I I like Stroud. I think I would start Stroud. He's got all the tangibles. Uh, the man's got a cannon. He's got touch. He's got, he knows, he looks like he knows what he's doing with the ball when he needs to. He can run as well. Um, Bryce Young probably should be on this one. Uh, the picture with the, the running back should be Bryce Young probably there. I'll go Stroud. I'll go Stroud. And then I would go Stroud. Caleb Williams for sure. Caleb Williams, the reason why no one's talking about him right now is because he's in the Pac 12. He's in the Pac-12, but he is a – if you remembered him at Oklahoma last year, man, kid came out of nowhere, took that starting job, and ran with it and never looked back. So I would go with Stroud for my one. My bench would be Caleb Williams. I love this guy. He's a great quarterback. He uh, He's going to be early Heisman, uh, early votes next year for him. Uh, they're going to be a really good USC team as well. So be on the lookout for that one. And then my portal – my portal, hmm, I'll portal Bo Nix. I think he's good, but he needs to go somewhere else. I don't think he's as good as Stroud or Caleb Williams in this scenario. These are all good quarterbacks as well. Um, Jaden Daniels is probably the weakest quarterback in this group when it comes to throwing, but his skill set of the running, running the ball is where he uh, is best at. So 
I keep that in consideration in two minute drill, but you know, time management comes into that uh, clock awareness, all those things. I think Caleb William is very aware of his situation. And then on top of that, Stroud is the most, to me, he's one of the most polished quarterbacks in, in this draft coming up. So uh, Damon said he changed his mind. He's going to, He's gonna porter. He's gonna bench uh, Stroud and Portal Hooker, which is fine. Uh, totally agree. Uh, when it comes to matchup, who do you want with the Brock? I would rather keep my two best guys. One starting, one benching. Uh, doesn't that mean Hooker sucks? It just means Damon wanted somebody else, which is fine. And then he said Bryce Young is overrated. I think I think he is really really good. But he has to have a really, 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 really good line and some skilled wide receivers around him. And it showed, obviously, last year compared to this year, for sure. So that is start bench portal with quarterback questions. Let's see if we can get another person in here to play the game with us. Thank you, Damon, for participating, man. That was fun. Definitely fun. Fun for everybody. All right. Next up. Next up, we have which coach are you playing for? Which coach are you playing for? Right? Out of these four, they're walking into your house. <laughs> you're a you're a an AD maybe and you're going to hire one of these guys. Let's do it that way scenario. Who are you hiring? Right or for your or a player who you playing for out of these four right here you got Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, PJ Fleck, Mac Brown. I'm gonna let y'all think about it, but this is a good one, another good one. Start bench portal right, all right. So who's gonna be your starting coach? Who's who's the one that you want? Who's gonna be your backup coach that you would like? Hey, I'll transfer to you, or I'd be hard to pick between you. And then tell the portal coach, tell him to kick rocks, get out of my house. I don't want you. Right, start bench portal. Which coach out of the four? Which coach out of the four? All right, brutal choices. I know that's why I did it that way. I want to make it hard on you guys. Lane, Mac, Leach, who? PJ Fleck, he is Minnesota's head coach. Row the boat guy, right? He had a he had a he was a hot coach for a minute about five years ago and Minnesota got him and he's been up and down with them ever since. So Which one you starting? Name it. Which one you starting?
Which one you start, Damon? I'll go. I'll wait on Damon, but I'll go. So if I'm starting a coach right now who I want to play for, I'm playing for Lane Kiffin. All day, if I'm an AD, I'm bringing Lane Kiffin in. I know he's got a little track record behind him, but the guy's good. The man is a good coach. I, I would love to play for him. He's that type of play, coach. Um, my next my next so that's my starter my bench coach Mike Leach he's crazy you gotta love a crazy guy they're nuts they're insane they're fun they make it super fun the whole time right they make it fun for you so I'm I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely portaling I'm not portaling I'm benching Mike Leach as my backup coach uh, just in case, like Lane Kiffin changes his mind because he doesn't like me, he revokes he revokes my uh, he revokes my uh, <laughs> my scholarship. I'm going with Mike Leach, and then the coach I'm telling to kick rocks, PJ Fleck. Row the boat was a sensation, but it ain't rowing anymore. Um, it's it seemed like it worked at Western Michigan, but it did not work at Minnesota. He had him. He had Tanner Morgan this year, seventh year, sixth year senior. They just can't do it. The rowing the boat thing, the gimmick, does not work anymore. So by PJ Fleck, you're going to the portal for me. I haven't slept in three six hours. Don't take me seriously. Oh man, why not? We'd love to take love to take you seriously, man. So that is, we give Damon uh, another second for his answer, but we love Portal. Who we starting, benching, and portaling these head coaches, these four head coaches. Love it to you, man. Hope you get some sleep. Starting lane. Leech is benching and he's portal and flex. He's just like me. Great minds think alike. That is awesome, Damon. That is awesome, man. Well, that wraps up our portion of start bench portal. Hopefully next week we get some more people in here to participate now. And I know it's a little late. It's 10, almost 1030. Uh, so let's move on to this week's Saturday slate. 
we have a really good slate. We'll go quick on this one. Uh, give and then give you guys a chance to go to bed. All right. So we got Saturday slate. We're probably not going to get the portal picks tonight or portal plays. We'll save that one for Saturday. Uh, we'll save that one for Saturday. So we're going to go Saturday slate. One second. Saturday slate. Boom. Going to move over a little bit. Saturday slate game one on our slate that we're super excited about is going to be Alabama Ole Miss. Alabama Ole Miss, this is uh, number nine versus number 11. I feel like Ole Miss uh, has played themselves in the potential to obviously as a super dark horse to get in the playoffs. So Alabama Ole Miss on this one, uh, this game is in in uh, Oxford. Alabama's coming off a really tough loss. Excuse me. A really tough loss against uh, really tough loss against uh, LSU. It was away. They did play okay. They didn't play their best, but man, oh man, Lane Kiffin wants to beat Alabama, and he wants to do it bad, and he wants to do it in front of his home crowd. A seventy-four percent of the people this week have been have chosen Alabama in this one. They still think Alabama is still better than Ole Miss in this game. And I I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think Ole Miss uh this year I want I want to like Ole Miss, but I feel like Bama is going to play really pissed. I think so too, Damon, in this one. Um let's go ahead hold one second. We are live. We are live. So we were talking about Alabama Ole Miss. Alabama Ole Miss. This is the a game that, I mean, if Alabama didn't lose, uh, if Alabama did not lose, oops, there we go. If Alabama did not lose last weekend's LSU, they would be in the thick of it when it comes to uh, when it comes to playoff implications. Uh, the committee seemed to win the. Uh, the committee seemed to, when they went live, not when they went live, when they first week, they looked like they stacked LSU at 10 and Ole Miss at 11 uh, for Alabama to win those two games and then hope, and then get into the championship game to play Georgia. Um, but it did not go in that favor for them. LSU had different plans last week, which is kudos to them. They earned that game. They earned that right for that. Um, but this is a game – uh, that's number nine versus 11. So they went from six to nine. Clearly the committee wants them still in this. So um, great on them for that. So um, like Damon just said, he thinks Alabama is going to play pissed. Uh, they got embarrassed on the road. Uh, after they played, after they lost to Tennessee on the road, uh, they came back and beat Mississippi 
like 30 to 3 or 6. It was not even close. It could have been worse than it was. Uh, I think, honestly, I think this game's going, it's going to be close game. Alabama, Will Anderson, that defense has a lot to prove. Ole Miss has a good offense this year. Uh, you know, the the country, the nation has 74% pick on Alabama. I don't think it's a 74 to 20 to 26 uh, percentage. I honestly think it's more in the middle because it's in Oxford. I mean, who Alabama scheduled this year, their hard road games have been on the road. All year, they've really had not played their typical home games against teams um, that it just did not stack up in their favor this year. Uh, so, I honestly, I uh, on my picks, uh, straight up, not against the spread or anything, I'm going with Ole Miss. I'm going with Ole Miss in this game. Garbage calls, garbage call to keep Bam in the top 10. I'm with you, Damon. They shouldn't even be in the top 10. Um, it's a little bit of Alabama bias. If Jake was here, our uh, our resident Auburn uh, fan, uh, Jake would uh, he would definitely agree on that one with me. Uh, there we go. I'm trying to like adjust myself uh, around the graphic. There we go. There we go. Rest myself around the graphic. But I think honestly, Ole Miss is going to play. Uh, a phenomenal game this week. Uh, Lane Kiffin has still not beaten uh, Nick Saban, and they still have a little animosity. This will be the year for it. I think, honest, I, I, just, I just think Alabama is gonna it's gonna be their uh, three nine and three year for them, and it's been a long time. But Ole Miss is playing good football. They played a phenomenal brand of uh, not phenomenal game against LSU when LSU beat them. Uh, they just had it all together, and then they just lost it through that fourth quarter. But I think at home, it's really hard to win out on the road on, at, on the road this year. And I think Alabama is going to find it really tough uh, against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss's defense is actually pretty decent; it's not bad at all. It wasn't last year's Ole Miss defense, so I would definitely love and feel bad for Jake. <laughs> um, I definitely would uh, keep that in mind too. A lot of people are disc- discrediting that defense they have, and it's it's good enough. It's good enough. Uh, their offense is reeling and is reeling and dealing and doing a good job. And Lane Kiffin, honestly, probably had he's had this game marked on his calendar since last year, and he's been scheduling, game planning, doing everything he can to get an advantage in this game. Now, Pam hasn't played their brand at all all year. That's why I feel like Ole Miss straight up is going to win this one. It's going to knock Bama completely out of it. It's going to show the committee that that number nine spot should have been for UCLA or someone like that to give him a chance to get in this thing. And it's honestly not fair. Uh, so I feel like Ole Miss is going to do that. It's going to bump them out. Ole Miss will go probably number nine, um, and they'll just replace each other. Uh, so that's my pick on that one. If my boy Scott was here or Jake or anybody else. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see your your thoughts on this one, but I, I feel like Jake will probably go with Ole Miss as well. Um, and uh, probably Scott too. Just Bama. If it was at home, it would be a different game. I, I, uh, I'm going Ole Miss. There's too, there's too much. Uh, it means more for them than Bama. I know Bama's coming off licking their wounds and who they are, but they're just not the beast that they were last few years the next one the game has no implications to the playoff at all it's just fun 
fantastic, frisky, energetic football. We got UCF versus Tulane. This is UCF versus Tulane, both in the top 25. Both have earned their spots in the top 25. They're both uh, one loss Tulane and a two loss UCF. UCF lost to, in the beginning of the year, to Louisville. No, or no, Louisville, yep. Louisville went down there and beat them. And uh, then I believe their second loss was to was another decent team. Oh, ECU. They went to Eastern Carolina. It was a little trap. It's hard to beat anybody in Eastern Carolina. Um, it's weird to think that, but they play really good football there. Um, if you watch those uh, uh, group of Power 5 teams play like I do every week, I'm just an addict to the game. So that's just who I am. But uh, then you got Tulane. Tulane is honestly this year's Cinderella. They're the this year's Cincinnati. They're not gonna, they're not gonna uh, make it the playoff or anything like that. But they, if they win this game, and they win their comp, the American Conference, they're gonna go to the New Year's Six. They're gonna go to the Orange Bowl. So they've already beaten Kansas State at Kansas State this year, and that's no slouch. So. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's a road game. UCF has not played good on the road all year. Um, Gus Malzahn, he's a really good coach at home, but he's a terrible. His away record's terrible. Um, the way they played at UCF, uh, the way they played at ECU, they looked like a very different team, like a very good different team. Uh, majority's on Tulane on this one. I'm with Tulane on this one. I don't think. I don't think UCF by 16, like Damon said. I just don't think that's the thing. Um, Damon also said the 12-team playoff is going to be interesting. It would be interesting, honestly, because this year's slate, I'd love to see the top 12 go at it. But it eliminates the fun of, like, narrowing it down and chaos and all that stuff. So we'll see how, how it uh, how it turns out in the future. But – but um, let's see. But I got, personally, I got Tulane in this one. I think Tulane's offense is too much for UCF. It's it's gonna be uh, probably it's gonna be sold out. They're gonna bring all their. It's gonna be they're excited. They're excited. They should be. The Green Wave have done a great job. This has been a phenomenal year for them, and I hopefully they can. Um, I believe they might. This is a preview to the American Conference Championship game. Let me pull that up right real quick. American Conference. And I love the American Conference. It's a phenomenal conference. Bet. Damon Burgess says bet. All right. We'll see. Uh... The FPI is 51.9% for UCF and 48.1%. I mean, we're right in the middle at 50-50 almost on this game. Uh, Tulane, their quarterback has thrown 1,800 yards. Uh, UCF's quarterback's thrown 1,800 yards. Uh, Tulane's quarterback, 14 TDs. Rice Ply, uh, John Rice Plumley for UCF, 11 TDs, 6 uh, picks. Uh, even down the middle, um, even down the middle when it comes to running, each team uh, points per game, 35-32, uh, very close. Both teams' points allowed, 18 for uh, UCF, 16 
6.9 for Tulane. So there's, I mean, they were calling. I mean, really close. It looks like uh, UCF has a, a higher uh, offense, uh, 500 yards to 418 on average. But it looks like Tulane's defense is a whole lot better when it comes to the pass and the run. So, like, that's why the 50-50 FPI. I still think Tulane at home, it is a 330 game on ESPN2. Uh, crowd's going to be electric. It's going to be a fun uh, atmosphere for them. The weather's going to be nice in New Orleans where Tulane plays. And uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for Tulane. I think uh, it's good for the brand of American Conference to have two good teams in the pack in the in in the top of 25. They lost to Southern Miss. That was their only loss. Uh, bat 27-24. So it was a really close game. I'm pretty sure they were they played really sloppy in that one. But ever since then, they've beaten teams that they're supposed to beat. So uh, I got Tulane in this one. I'm riding with the Green Wave. I like it. I hope they hope they wear really cool jerseys for this one as well. Uh, but let's look at the standings. I'm gonna go standings in the American Conference. Then we'll get to TCU Texas. So the standings in the American Conference are Tulane one, UCF two, uh, Cincinnati seven and two right behind them. So if Tulane does win and Cincinnati wins this week, UCF goes to. Uh, third and then let's go to schedule and UCF holds a tiebreaker against Cincinnati so if Cincinnati loses in the next two weeks let's see yeah it's a gonna be a good one so I think Tulane wins this one and they get a, uh, a matchup against Cincinnati. Let's look at Tulane's schedule, the last three games for them. Be really interested to see if they play Cincinnati. Yep, they play Cincinnati the last game of the year, so they might turn around and have to play them in the championship game. That's wild. So they might eliminate them, and then UCF holds the uh, – so it's going to be a fun one, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, for that's gonna be fun for the the American Conference. That's something to look at for fun. I know there's no playoff implications on that one, but that's gonna be fun. All right. So the next one, the next one that we are going to break down and discuss TCU Texas. This one, this one's got a lot of weight to it, a ton of weight. But really excited about this one. Super excited about this one. Let's see. TCU, TCU is coming off a great win. They're coming off a few great wins. Obviously, they're undefeated. They are a team that's scrappy. They're a team that, a team that, it seems like if you get them any situation, like a, a, a. Uh, overtime game or they need to get this first down. They've done it all year. They're a team with confidence. They're a team with confidence. And those teams, you know, you might be better than skill set wise. You might be better than skill set wise, but it's hard to beat a team that's confident. It really is. 
I feel bad for TCU this weekend. Uh, <laughs> McConaughey's going to say, all right, all right, all right, this weekend. Last time McConaughey was there, they got beat. So I don't know, man. I don't know. T- like I said, TCU, 9-0, great year for Sonny Dykes. Max Dugan, that entire offense can score, can score, can score. But their defense can't stop, can't stop, can't stop. We broke it down on Monday. We're going to break it down right now. They run a very well-oiled, high-powered, explosive offense, which works in the Pac-12, which works in the Pac-12. Texas doesn't run your typical Pac-12 offense where it's explosive, like crazy RPOs, Running quarterbacks, running the ball, all that kind of stuff. Dudes are running everywhere. But they do play a brand of football that is higher caliber because their offensive line loves to control the line of scrimmage. And we already talked about our boy, Bijan. Bijan had 200 yards rushing last week against Kansas State at Kansas State, who Kansas State this year had not given up a lot on the ground. So they like to control the pace of play. We learned last week in that Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Georgia game, football's still one in the trenches. And at the end of the day, big boy and physicality means a lot, especially to teams that want to be finesse and they want to score quick and they want to do all that. So my number one thing, my key, we almost beat Bama. Who almost beat Bama? Uh, yes, they also almost beat Bama in the beginning of the year. They got their quarterback back. Thank you, Damon, for that one. Um, they got their quarterback back. Um, Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. Their defense plays physical. Their defense, uh, it's a home game. Game day's there. This is the ultimate trap. I don't think TCU makes it out alive. Home field advantage has been such a big advantage this year, and I've never seen it as such a big advantage this year more than any year in college football in my entire life, and I love it. I think it's amazing. I think TCU loses this one. I don't even think it's... I think Texas covers in this one. And I believe what's going to happen is it's going to put the pressure on TCU to beat Baylor next week at Baylor and then play Texas again in the Pac, in the Big, Ten, Big 12 Championship at a neutral site and then beat them. That's just... I feel like that's the way this is going to this is going to end up. But I want to go ahead and look at the the numbers in this game. So one second. The numbers in this game. And this is a night game too, I believe. Like 7.30 ABC. Oh, man, you're giving Austin all day to prep. Woo, that's tough, man. The FBI, the FBI, seventy three percent to twenty seven, says the UT fan. Which which UT fan? Like burn orange or UT orange? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, false start score. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. When you get in those moments, man, and you know your plays and you know all that stuff, Damon, and you can't hear because. It's just one of those things. It gets in your head. It messes with your composure. And TCU has not had that all year. They've played all their good, all their hard games at home. 
So this is the first road test, and we're talking. This ain't no uh, Cracker Jack small stadium. This is a big stadium. Texas seats probably. I think they seat at like almost ninety to a hundred thousand, and it's on top of each other, and that noise is loud. And this is another chance for them that they work their way back in the top top twenty five. This is a good chance for them to show out like they did beginning of the year. They just didn't get that win against Alabama because Bryce Young made a phenomenal play. But Gary Patterson is also, people forget Gary Patterson, who was TCU's head coach. He knows these players. He knows these guys. Um, He coached them. He brought them in. He recruited them. He's Texas's defensive analysis coach or whatever. He's on that. He knows how to game plan against these guys. I just got Texas in this one. I don't think it's, you know, it's a seven. Vegas has it as a seven, as a spread, 65 over under. I don't think it hits the over at all. I think Texas wins this one, and I think they win it. They cover. Like, they cover this one. Uh, TC hasn't played a team all year with this, with with the offensive line, defensive line Texas has. All year, so they're going to be tested. They're going. They need to get smacked in the face. The problem is, they don't play in the SEC, so they have to be perfect. See, what worked in Tennessee's favor against Georgia is they play in the SEC and they have an SEC schedule, and they've only lost to the number one team in the nation. Truly, so I just don't think TCU wins this one. I think they get their teeth kicked in by Texas. Uh, Texas, they they're recruiting at a high level. They're playing at a high level uh, as of recently. And uh, they look good, and I'm glad to see them looking good. And uh, they're going to move this momentum into next year. They're projected nine and three, I believe, nine and three going to a Sugar Bowl. At currently uh, nine and three Sugar Bowl, that's not bad. It's not bad for them. So uh, my pick is Texas in this one to cover, and I don't think the over is going to be the over is. 65. That's a lot of points. I don't think it gets that way. I think Texas's defense, uh, if you look at the stats, they're giving up 36 a game. But this is this is a different game. It's a home game. Game day's there. Night game. Loud crowd. Definitely, definitely takes teams out. So we'll see. So we will see on that one. And then moving forward. Our next couple games, we got Washington, Oregon. Washington, Oregon, this game, huge implications for Oregon more than anything. Washington can play the spoiler. Washington is another really good team. They just couldn't get over the hump this year. Um, but they're no slouch. It's a 7 o'clock game. Otson's going to be uh, sold out probably. I don't think Washington even comes close in this game. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch at night. So there's a few good slated games at night. So if you're at home this weekend, you're just chilling, you got a lot of good games to watch. So keep that in mind. I'm going to bring down the, this game by the numbers as well. Yeah, Oregon's a 77% uh, FPI. The FPI this year, we've been tracking it in the picks we have. The FPI is actually beating us right now in our pick straight up, uh, only by one, uh, beating Jake by one. But the FPI, is, it's, it's, it's pretty damn accurate. It's, uh, it's a 64 to 26, I believe, 
all year. That's very accurate, man. That's really good. So, yeah, this game is high scoring. I believe 72.5 is the over. Both teams are uh, scoring uh, easily 80 points a game. Both teams are giving up almost 30 points a game. So, if you take their averages and scoring 40 and divide it by the average we're giving up, which is 10, you know, do some basic math. Let's say 35, 35, that gives you 70, so 72 and a half. I believe 72 and a half, they're going to go over. I feel like this one's going to be at 74, 76, Uh, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, that's a lot of points. They both love throwing the ball. Hmm. Both quarterbacks, 23 touchdowns, five picks. Both quarterbacks, Pennix has thrown the ball more almost 400 times. He's got 3,223 yards. Bo Nix has thrown less. They like to run the ball a little bit at Oregon, a little bit more. Uh, Washington does not have a good running game, but they're averaging 125 yards per game. But they're throwing the ball. Uh, and then Oregon's pass against the pass 276 per game. So there's your there's your fine line right there. It's going to break down to getting pressure on Penix, and I think Oregon will be able to. I believe the cover is going to cover, um, but uh, the spread's 13. <laughs> I don't, maybe Oregon. I don't. I don't know. I'll take the over, but I wouldn't take the spread. Uh, I think both teams are going to score a lot of points on each other. That's for sure. Absolutely. Oregon by 30. Hot take. Saban retires this year. That is a hot take, Damon. I, I don't think so. I think Saban's going to look at this year and go, I need at least one more year. This is so bad because it wasn't expected. I don't think he expected this year to be the way he wanted it at all. Uh, Oregon by 30. Not No chance. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think Oregon's as good as everybody thinks they are. Bo Nix is good, but Oregon still has not played. Let's see who they played since Georgia. I mean, they've run the table for sure. Eastern Washington, they beat BYU at the time when BYU was overrated after beating a Baylor team week two. Going into week three, they beat BYU 41 to 20. We know now that. BYU is not very good. Washington State, 44 to 41. Uh, Washington State sitting at four and five right now. So they're not very good. Uh, 45 27 on Stanford. They're not good. They're like schedule stupid easy. Uh, 49 22 to Arizona. Then they played UCLA at home, 45 to 30. That game was a completely different ball game in the second half. UCLA got sloppy in the first half. They did not. Moment was too big. They pissed down their leg. That will be personally. I know. I think in my heart that's going to be a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, just how it looks. Uh, they played California, beat the dog piss out of them, beat the dog piss out of Colorado. And now they played Washington. Uh, Washington has played a tougher schedule, a more seasoned schedule. But Oregon has to play Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. That rivalry game at the end of the year is never fun. It's in Corvallis. So, you know, Oregon's got to run the table like we talked about earlier tonight. But Washington, uh, they're going to give them it all. I don't think it's going to be by 30, Damon. I don't think it, I don't know if they cover it 13. 
it, they might win by 10 or something like that. But both teams, Washington wants to come in and, and destroy Oregon. They want to destroy their hopes and do all that stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, I don't know. My I, my decision might change. I might reflect on this one another day and give my pick pick with my graphics on Saturday. But I know that Utah-Oregon game, that one I got circled. That one right there, two completely opposite brands coming after each other that both like to play physical in the trenches. I don't know if Washington gets them here, but I know Utah might get them next next week for sure. So game day might be at that one too. That's, that was another potential game day one. So uh, as the moment, I got Oregon winning, and I got both teams covering in that one. And then the next game on the slate is UNC – Wake Forest, this one, majority is at 77% UNC. It's still Wake Forest. I still think it's still too early. UNC has played a really good year, but uh, Sam Hartman and Wake Forest have a lot to prove just to end the year right, right? didn't go their way. They wanted it to go. They lost to NC State last week at NC State. It's been a tough year, but this is – at home, 7.30, another late game, another good late uh, late slate. Uh, Wake Forest, they're shit. I mean, they're they're good. They're, they're definitely a top 25 team. They just lost three games, all right? They're three games they lost to. They lost to a, a Louisville team that they just turned the ball over five times in that third quarter. It was a bad third quarter for them. I played a really good game, overtime game against Clemson this year, and then played a really tough game, really good game, what uh, against North Carolina. So um, they could, they could be uh, the the Cinderellas in this one and beat UNC. Right now, the FPI has got 54 percent for for uh, Wake Forest. So um, we'll see. Sam Hartman's playing good. Uh, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. Drake May, 31, 30, 41 touchdowns, three pick, three interceptions. So on paper, these teams are well matched. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, Wake Forest gives up way less. So I'm going Wake Forest in this game uh, because of one, their defense is better, and two, they can score just as well as North Carolina. And it's a home game. It's the last home game of the year, I believe, for them. Wake Forest is favored to spread a four, and the over-under should be in the set, like I said, 77. I'll take the over in this one. I believe both teams are going to score. Score, score, score. Points, points, points. So as we wrap up tonight's show, there's some really good ball some games, some big games of implication, TCU this week in Oregon. Uh, we'd love to uh, you to follow and share this and keep up with the Black Porch. Uh, we're going to – I'll have all of our picks uh, slated tomorrow, coming out tomorrow, and then our picks against the spread. But, guys, this has been a phenomenal show tonight. I love it. Uh, we've had some – we had the, the Attaboys. We had the Star Bench Portal. It's been fun. Um, appreciate y'all. Uh, once again, uh, yeah, we want to grow this thing out, and we can't do it without y'all, and so we love y'all. So um, share, like, follow, 
on all the social media platforms. And uh, I'm Nate. And uh, deuces. Peace out. Have a good weekend. Best of luck to your teams. And Damon, thank you for uh, being a part of the chat tonight. Good night.